About a month ago, 81-year-old Jerry left his mountain home in California to drive the four hours to his family home in Nevada. But he never arrived. Instead, he was caught up in one of the severe storms, winter storms, that has pummeled California. He accidentally ended up on a smaller road and then his SUV got stuck in a snowdrift. But he didn't panic. Instead, he put into practice what he'd learned from watching the reality TV show Survivor. Sometimes watching TV is good for you. Kind of. Uh, So for warmth, he used a thin quilt and a bath towel that he found lying in his car. And he ran the engine off and on until the battery died. To keep hydrated, he ate snow. And for food, he lived off the few leftover croissants and biscotti that were lying around in his car. And he managed to do this for six days until a rescue helicopter crew spotted him from the air and were able to rescue him and fly him to hospital. Jerry was incredibly fortunate to have survived. Also fortunate he didn't have a nice tidy car because that would have been a problem if he hadn't had all that stuff in it. But if we are going to be saved, if we are going to be rescued from the danger we're in, of course it's not from snowdrifts, not in the sunny southeast anyway, but from our sin, then we need something better than a quilt and a bath towel and a croissant and a biscotti. We need faith. And that's what the next section of Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. That in order to be saved, we need a better faith. So we're going to read this morning from Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 23 to verse 31, and Jude is going to come and he's going to read for us this morning. By faith, Moses... By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be a mystery along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He, rega- he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because because the was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw, saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled of blood, so that the destroyer of firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea on, as on dry land, but they, the Egyptians tried to do so. They were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people were marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies was not killed with those who were disobedient. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jude. That was great. Last week we saw the better faith that was expressed <coughs> by Abraham and his family as they waited for the fulfilment of God's promise to his people to provide their own land. 
And we finished with Joseph looking forward to the day when God would take the people, his family, out of Egypt and into that promised land. And here the writer detailed the steps that took that nation from slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. And each step was a step of faith. And through that we see six snapshots of what that better faith looks like. And hopefully we're going to see the relevance of that, not just to the original readers of this letter, but also the relevance of this for each one of us. In accordance with his promise, God had blessed the family of Abraham. When they moved to Egypt, they were a family of 70 people. But in the next 400 years, that family grew to something like 2 million people. And this terrified the, the, the guy who was in charge of Egypt at that time, the Pharaoh and all of his officials. They were afraid that Israel might rise up in rebellion against them. And so they tried to suppress the nation of Israel through forced labour. But when that didn't work, they came up with a much more drastic plan. This is what Pharaoh announced. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile. But one family defied his orders. Verse 23 says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. At great risk to themselves, Amran and Jochebed, that was his mum and dad, chose not to obey the governing authorities and kill their baby. Instead, they kept him hidden. Which, if you've ever had a small baby, you know how difficult that can be to keep a small baby hidden and quiet. But they did this by faith. And they did it because, verse 23 again, because he, they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. In some way, little Moses looked so beautiful that these parents believed that God had something special for him. And because of that, even though I'm not sure they were afraid of being found out, they courageously stood firm in their decision to keep him safe for as long as possible. And when Moses grew up, he expressed that same courageous faith. Verse 27 says, By faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses trusted in God more than he feared Pharaoh. That's why he kept on going. His eyes were not fixed on Pharaoh and his power and his strength and all of the threats that he posed. Instead, his eyes were fixed on God, who is greater and more powerful. This was the better faith that these readers, the original readers of this letter, needed desperately. 
Because they too were being pressurized by this world. If you remember in Hebrews 10 we read that they were being publicly exposed to insult and persecution. They were under huge pressure to go back. To go back to their previous religion. With all the familiarity and security that that provided. So if they were going to persevere in following Jesus, they needed to fix their eyes on Him. They need to commit to following Him no matter what. They need to be able to say what the apostles said when they were being pressurized by the world, when they were being persecuted. We must obey God rather than men. The apostles, they knew who Jesus really is. They knew that he was the Lord of all. So they were not willing to compromise on his call on their lives, no matter what. They were committed to living for Him. And folks, we need that same faith. The pressure of this world comes on us in different ways. In Ireland, it's not so violent. It's not so obvious at times. But it's still forceful. Day after day, the world is trying to squeeze us into its mold. The the world is trying to force us to, to conform. Paul wrote, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. God has called us to be in this world, but to be different from the world. To go against the flow. To stand out from the crowd. To look different, to be different, to behave different, to speak differently. To do that whatever the cost. We talk about peer pressure for teenagers often. But it's not just the young guys here who struggle with that. We all face that pressure from the world. So how do we stand against that? How do we resist that? Well, it's only if we fix our eyes on Jesus and accept Him as Lord of our lives. Then no matter who seeks to pressurize us or manipulate us, we will not submit. Because like Paul says, we make it our goal to please him. If that is our ultimate goal, if that is our greatest ambition, if we really can say, like we were singing earlier, for me to live is Christ. It doesn't matter what anybody else wants. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says. We will not conform. So by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. But finally, when they could do that no longer, God stepped in and rescued Moses. 
in just such a remarkable way that he was brought up in Pharaoh's palace. But look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses could have settled down in Egypt. Could have lived really comfortably <coughs> excuse me, as the adopted grandson of Pharaoh. But instead, verse 25, he chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Of course, Moses didn't get everything right at this time. If you know what happened in his life, he committed murder and he had to flee for his life because of it. But that was because he chose to stand with God's people rather than live in the pleasure of the palace. Now that did not make any sense according to what Moses could see at the time. Because he was giving up the luxury and the security and the satisfaction of that life. To go and live in, an, in obscurity in the desert. With all the discomfort that that would cause. From what Moses could see at the time, it made no sense. And yet Moses wasn't looking for the, <coughs> for the short term perspective. Instead, verse 26, he, dis, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt. Because... He was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, Moses went beyond what he could see. By faith, he looked beyond his immediate situation. He looked towards what God had promised. And he reckoned that that was better than anything that he could see around him. And that's the better faith that these original readers of this letter needed. To look beyond the world in terms of the, the satisfaction and the security and the significance that it could bring. And instead accept disgrace for the sake of Christ. Because what he offers is ultimately better. And we need the same faith today. If we weigh up our lives, living for Christ, just by what we see today, then we will often be pulled by this world and what the world offers. If we compare our lives with those who do not know Jesus, then we will see that following Jesus does not promise us a life of comfort and ease. So why would we deny ourselves? Why would we take up our cross daily? Why would we... <coughs> excuse me. Why would we give up on what we want? Why would we not do what everybody else is doing? The writer of Psalm 73 really struggled with this. He said, My feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant 
when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Today there are some people who, who preach on the prosperity of the righteous. Say that we can have everything we want now. But when this, this psalmist, when he looked around, he didn't see the prosperity of the righteous. He saw the prosperity of the wicked. He saw that those without God seemed to have it easier than him. Their lives were not as difficult as his. So he questioned. Was it worth it? Was it worth living for God? If his life was so much more difficult when all those who didn't care about God seemed to have it easier. But that was only until he says, I entered the sanctuary of God and then I understood their final destiny. In the short term, living for God didn't make sense. But in the light of the coming judgment on the ungodly and the blessing of heaven for those who have trusted in God. Faith in God made absolute sense. It was obvious what the right way forward was. And it's exactly the same for us, folks. Jesus does call us to lay down our lives. He does call us to live as living sacrifices for Him each day. He does call us to, to, to give up what we want and take up our cross daily and follow Him. But the promise is that if we do that, we will never lose out. And so, Paul concludes in 1 Corinthians 15, Therefore, my dear brother, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Despite how it might look today, despite what it might look like when you compare your life to others around you, living for Jesus is never in vain. Jesus is worth it all. But Moses did not just refuse the world's pleasure. He also rested in God's provision. After Pharaoh refused to let the people go, God demonstrated his power through ten plagues. The final one was a plague on the firstborn sons of Egypt. But God gave the nation of Israel instructions for how they could be rescued from this. And Moses passed these instructions on to the people. And so, verse 28, by faith... He kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Every family had to take a lamb. At twilight they had to kill that lamb. Roast it. Eat it together as a family meal. But before they did this, they had to take the blood from from the lamb and put it on the sides and the top of the door frame. Of each of their houses. And God's promise was, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so they had to stay in their houses that night. 
trusting in God's provision of salvation. Depending on the Lamb sacrificed for them. And this is what the Moses and the people of Israel did by faith. And that's what the original readers of this letter had to do as well. Instead of trusting in themselves, or in their law-keeping, or in the temple, or, or in the Levitical priesthood, or in the religious ceremonies, or the animal sacrifices, they just simply trust in Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what we need to do by faith too. To turn away from trusting in every other source of salvation. From every religious institution. Every ceremony. Every priest. Every sacrifice. Even turning away from trusting in ourselves. And put our trust in Jesus alone. Because Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb. He's the one who died in our place, paying in full the price of our sin. So that when we put our trust in him, when we by faith apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, then we can be sure the judgment of God will pass over us. We'll be rescued from sin and death and hell. And we'll be saved for all eternity. As we read in Hebrews 10, by one sacrifice, he is made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. Today we just need to rest in God's provision. Because Jesus is all that we need. But God didn't just bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. He also protected them on their journey. After letting them leave, Pharaoh changed his mind. He didn't want to lose his forced labor. And so he led his army out to chase after them and bring them back. And he caught up with them just as the people of Israel were camped on the Red Sea. They looked trapped. (coughs) Excuse me. The army behind them and the Red Sea ahead of them. And the people were terrified. But this is what Moses said to them. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And in a remarkable way, God protected the people. He divided the sea to allow the people to walk through on dry land. And then he let the sea flow again when the the, the Egyptians tried to follow them. And so by faith, verse 29, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. The original readers of this letter needed to believe that despite the strength and the pressure that they were under, their God was able to fulfill his good plan for their lives. Their God could keep them safe on the journey. He could watch over them. He could protect them. He could rescue them. And this is what the writer wrote to assure them of. 
Because as we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks' time, Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, demonstrating his victory over all the powers of evil. And so, because Jesus lives forever, he is a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. He is able to start the process and complete the process. He is able to rescue us today and hold on to us and keep us safe for all eternity. That's what we need to trust in today. That's what we need to live in today. We do not need to live in fear. We do not need to live scared that somehow we are going to stumble and fall and make a mess of it and then we're going to be lost. We do not need to fear what other people might do, the pressure that we might under, what's going to happen in this world, what's going to happen to our government, what's going to happen. We don't need to fear. Because we can have a better faith that Jesus is able to save us completely. We can say, as the writer says in chapter 13, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Moses led the people out of Egypt. But it was Joshua who led them into the promised land. The first challenge that they faced was the walled city of Jericho. But God promised, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. And he gave them specific instructions as to how to defeat that city. They were to march around that city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, they were to march around seven times. And then they were to shout loudly. And God promised that when they shouted, the walls of the city will collapse. a really strange plan it must have felt really pointless as the people had to march around that city again and again and again and again without ever seeing any signs of progress it wasn't that there was a crack started to appear on day one then a couple of bricks fell off on day two And then there was a a couple of walls that fell down on day three. It wasn't, nothing happened as they marched around again and again. But they did exactly what they were told to do. And so by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. After the people. Not before, but after. We too are called to keep walking in obedience to Jesus' commands. Keep obeying. Keep believing. For example, he's told us to go and make disciples of all nations. To share the message of Jesus through our words and through our lives. And seek to point people to him. But sometimes... Just feels like you're just walking around in circles. 
going through the motions of sharing the gospel again and again without seeing any signs of progress. But Jesus has promised, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so by faith, we can remain in God's plan. We can trust that Jesus is doing exactly what he said he would do. Believing that he is at work through us and in us. That he is always working for our good. Even when we cannot see it. And so we can keep on walking in obedience to him. But finally, folks, we're not called to do this on our own. Instead, we're called to resolve to stand with God's people. That's what Rahab did. She lived in Jericho, in that city. But she believed in God. She told the spies who were sent to check out that city, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And so she stepped out of her culture, out of her tradition, out of her religion, and she stood with God's people. She protected the spies. Verse 31, by faith, the the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And we are called to do the same today. We too are called to stand with God's people. Let us not give up meeting together, chapter 10 says, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. If we believe that Jesus is our Saviour and Lord, then we will be committed to His church. To playing our part to build it up. To encourage it. To support it. To serve it. It makes no sense to say you're committed to Jesus, but you don't care about His church. Absolutely no sense at all from a biblical perspective. But we should be committed to his church not out of a sense of duty or obligation. Just because we have to. But out of love. Out of love for Jesus in response to his incredible love for us. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So this is the the better faith that we need. This is what saving faith should look like in each one of our lives. It will lead us to resist the world's pressure. Because we believe that Jesus is Lord. It will lead us to reject the world's pleasure because we believe that Jesus is worth it. To rest in God's provision because we believe that Jesus is all that we need. To rely on God's protection because we believe that Jesus is able to save us 
completely. To remain in God's plan. Because we believe that Jesus is building his church. And to resolve to stand with God's people. Because we believe that Jesus loves us. This is the kind of faith that each one of us needs. So let's push into that faith. Let's put our faith in Jesus. And today celebrate that today we are saved.